This one was recorded in the very early hours of this morning, Queensland time. This week we welcome Stephen Myers to the podcast. He's another fellow researcher. His focus has been on the Great Pyramid and whether or not it was a water pump and whether or not it was built using water and also the Orion correlation. I will say from a logistical perspective, the building technique he does put forth is quite reasonable and very logical and potentially could have been the way that they did build the Great Pyramid. Because at the end of the day, no one's really sure. However, at least Steve is putting a practical theory out there as to how, which I can appreciate. And as far as function is concerned, was it a water pump? It could have been. I think it was a machine of some kind. However, what that machine was is up for debate. However, I appreciate people who are questioning the questions and looking at things through their perspective and coming up with practical theories to put out there. We also discuss the Orion correlation and Steve's thoughts on that are very interesting. And I won't speak about that here. I'll let you guys explore that uh, on the podcast. And I'll put the links to all Steve's stuff in the show notes. He's got a number of videos out. He's got a couple of books out. Doing these interviews across the world via Zoom is always an interesting process and and something that I'm continuing to learn and develop as we go along. However, I think totally worth it to explore these discussions. I really appreciated Steve's time this morning. I wish him all the best with his ongoing research Check the links in the show notes to check out his stuff, give him a follow, and maybe we can sit down another day soon. Remember, we're on Patreon, unlocking the code. If you want to send us a few bucks, that'd be excellent to help us continue to grow the show. Not sure what music we're going to use today. I might switch it up, I might not. I'm not sure. I'll find that out when I get into the editing process. That's about it for me this week. Look after yourselves, stay safe, be kind, be cool. And we'll talk soon. Cheers.
G'day everyone, welcome back. It's my great pleasure and an honour to welcome Stephen Myers all the way from Portland, Oregon this morning onto the podcast. How are you, mate? Very good. Thank you for having me on the show. No worries. No worries. Look, we've got uh, a couple of things we want to talk about today. I know you uh, you have the uh, the water pump theory with the, the Great Pyramid and uh, your meme work, I've got to give credit to your meme work on the Orion correlation stuff. Uh, I definitely want to dig into that. That's sort of what uh, what brought us together. But uh, for those that haven't followed your work, Steve, where where are you from, mate? What, what what what? How have you ended up where you are now? Well, I live on the Oregon coast here on the Pacific coast of the United States, just north of California, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm. Uh, you know, researcher, uh, usually with a very technical background, is the focus of my research, and mm-hmm. have uh, with uh, under, having an interest in technology, mm-hmm. then uh, a lot of people are interested in the Great Pyramid because it certainly seems to be a very highly technical structure. Yes, yeah, and you, <clears throat> so last night I sat down and I watched a heap of your videos on the water pump. Mm-hmm. And the, the question, probably the two questions that came out of it, right? And I think for for those for the listeners, I'll I'll put all the links in the show notes so they can start having a look at some of your video series and all that sort of stuff. To if we were going to get into the technicalities of exactly how you put it together, I like it. I like it. I my my question was from a logistical perspective because I used to do a lot of water pumping and stuff like that in uh, oil and gas and mining. Mm-hmm how are they pumping the water to the site, right? So I get that, obviously, that the water is coming from the Nile, okay, up to the pyramid site. But in order for that water to stay where it is, there would be a certain level of pressure of water that would need to be maintained at the site in order to fill the locks and fill the ponds and operate those mechanisms. So was there a secondary system? Did were, Do you think they may have utilize the flood and fill the dam to use that to feed the site or which way do you think that in and obviously we're talking about the construction techniques right now but uh mm-hmm. where do you think and how do you think that from that perspective how what would you do there well you seem to be asking me how did the original builders get water to the building site mm. I, I think that's the question you're asking yes there's there's scholarly debate about that some people think that there was a cold water siphon or a uh, spring at the uh, charm, which is right in front of the Great Pyramid. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like a cavity, yep. but that's been covered over for 50 years with concrete, so mm-hmm. that's difficult to examine. Mm-hmm. Other people think that it came from the ancient Lake Maurice. There's mm-hmm. the uh, That lake still exists, but it has an Arab name now, but... Uh, Herodotus talked about that lake and its uh, elevation and size varied quite a bit through the eons. But yeah. uh, I'd lean towards the idea that the source water mm. ultimately came from the ancient Lake Maurice. Okay, okay, and that and that fed the site, which therefore fed the locks and and fed the 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 construction technique that you've uh, proposed uh, to put in. Look, I don't see too much of an issue with it i do like the way you've shown yeah as you say the animations are basic some of the stuff i was looking at you did last night however it's good enough you know and i can see i can see how you would do that i I do wonder about the um 
The other question I had is, obviously, there's shafts underneath the Great Pyramid. You've got the chambers being built as this thing is ascending to its zenith. When we're putting it together, I mean, ultimately, you think the Great Pyramid was a large water pump anyway, don't you? That's, that's, that's where you land on it. I do. I think that the Great Pyramid helped people in a tangible way by being infrastructure mm-hmm. for the civilization that built it. Mm-hmm. by being a water pump. So uh, the subterranean passages and chambers acted like a water pump, mm-hmm. which supplied water for the construction of the Great Pyramid structure. Mm-hmm. And that, that wa- water pump, operational before the Great Pyramid was built, mm-hmm. supplied water for the water locks and kept the pond uh, full so they could uh, assemble the Great Pyramid with ease. Mm-hmm. And after that... <clears throat> But I suppose when you're building it layer by layer, I mean, you look at some of the, the lintel stones within the pyramid, they're on an angle, right? So they are. Um, you'd obviously have to build it layer by layer. And then as it got to that certain point, then you'd slot that stone in or slot the two stones in or three stones in. Um, with the crane, and I, look, I may not have, got, I watched probably 10 of the videos. I may not have got to the one where, I'm, uh, where you answered this question. However, Slotting those 70-ton lintels into place, are you using the counterbalancing crane? No. No. The uh, floating cranes that uh, we think the uh, sun barges mm-hmm. uh, ha- re- was the purpose for, mm-hmm. uh, 70 tons is much too heavy for those cranes. We think that those uh, cranes that have just been excavated, the last one from the Great Pyramid uh, site, uh, was used to move the uh, smaller stones. Yes. Well, uh, the two and a half ton, I don't know if you'd call that small, but they no. used those to lift off of a barge and then to set right into that pond. Mm. Our video series we're talking about describes yeah. that in detail. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they use specialized barges to move, lift, and manipulate uh, the heaviest stones mm-hmm. and assemble the Great Pyramid with the powerful force of buoyancy. Mm, mm. And look, as I say, using, I've always thought that using water, uh, you know, and again, there's so many lines of research on this. You know, you you get into the great pyramid research, everybody's got a theory, you know, I think it's, uh, and I, you know, you did, you can read some of the stuff There used to be the river used to run right up to the, the base of the great pyramid and all those sorts of things. Um, and I think water was definitely used. The only other question I had, and again, it was getting late last night, and obviously I had to get up early this morning to to talk to you. So, yeah. I um I with the seventy ton stones, and you're building these ponds, right? You're building these ponds. I imagine some of these lintel stones, they're vertically. You know, we're talking 10, 20, 30 meters uh, up onto the platform in order mm-hmm. to 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 place them. What are you building those pond walls out of? You know what I mean? Because we, 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 obviously, I, I agree with you that water could be used, but also through experience, I know, you know, you're building a, a 30 meter high wall both sides, even if you're trying to get it to go up. You would think that the construction of the ponds or the, the locks or any of that sort of stuff, you would, I mean, it's a hard one because we don't have anything that really tells us how the great pyramid was built, you know, and it, but I thought I would think if that was the way it was done, there'd be some, 
uh, evidence, I suppose, coming back from the river or deer. I mean, again, we're talking 4,000 years. So it's, well, 4,000 years. So, Well, we all have the same amount of evidence, the same exact evidence mm. uh, to examine, but mm -hmm. certainly different researchers have different uh, interpretations of that same direct physical evidence. Yeah. The largest stones of the Great Pyramid weigh about 70 tons. Mm. But we don't think that those stones were moved up water locks up the side of the Great Pyramid, no. like the vast majority of the smaller uh, rough cut interior stones mm. that mm. weighed two and a half tons. The, there is only what, 50 or so, uh, or maybe a hundred, or even 150 stones that are of the extremely massive size, yeah. and they were they were moved in a different manner. We think that when the Great Pyramid was first started, that those biggest stones were moved onto that pond that we've talked about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, stayed there until uh, the uh, construction continued until it got to the level those those stones were needed. They were mm -hmm. coal decked or stored. Stored, on barges yeah. until yeah. Uh, until they were needed. So mm. the biggest stones didn't need very huge water locks no. up the side of the Great Pyramid. That would be no. Sorry, no. Sorry, I, I might have I might have missed missed, yeah, missed That's the, okay. the question. How did you get the stones from the pond up on top of the where they were actually sat in place? That was the question I had. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, the. Uh, Stone the largest stones are on barges, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then each time a level of the Great Pyramid is completed, that pond is raised another level higher. Right. So they're just sitting, the heaviest stones are sitting on barges mm -hmm. in that pond. And ultimately, when they are needed, mm -hmm. then the stone is at the right height to be set. Right. Okay, okay, yeah, so, that so makes it's sense. easy. So, yeah. And, and again, so then the question would be, from my perspective, what are you building the pond wall out of? How are you, you know, because obviously there's the displacement of water, the uh, the size that it would need. Then we're dealing with sidewall pressure. We're dealing with that sort of stuff. Are you saying they're using the the concrete or the, um, you know, the uh, a version of concrete or they're using backfill? to just continually build the wall up? Is that what you think they're doing to, to maintain well, they the, height of the pond? They definitely built a wall up all the way up to the top, but that mm. wall was made out of the casing stones themselves. Okay. So that the casing stones were cemented together uh, mm. watertight with an extremely strong bonding agent. Mm -hmm. And that uh, watertight uh, seal uh, allowed the Great Pyramid structure to... Uh, be a uh, to impound water so uh, that's the way it worked the casing stones uh, are incorporated or integrated into the rest of each layer so it's all it's like a 3d jigsaw puzzle so yes. it's a very strong structure mm -hmm. it's withstood earthquakes for thousands of years and um, so it was strong enough to withstand the hydrostatic force of the water Mm -hmm. from the inside yeah for sure for sure now when it comes to the bonding agent that was we we went down an interesting rabbit hole many uh years ago where it's like you try and find out what that glue is in between the casing stones 
and basically there's a standard sentence that the internet throws back at you where it's like the bonding agent is one of the strongest things you know man has ever seen however its chemical composition is unknown and our ability to replicate it we can't basically uh the last time i looked into it bond you that was a couple of years ago now What's your interpretation on what that bonding agent was? Was it a where, where's your research led you as far as what what was that um, to, in order to bind these stones together? Well, it had a very specific characteristic, and that characteristic is that it was stronger than the stone itself. Mm, that, that, that was the, agent. yeah, that was the question. And, yeah, yeah. So when they try to separate a, separate a casing stone from the Great Pyramid those massive stones would break before the, the seal would mm. break. Mm-hmm. And uh, Egyptologists say, oh, it's mortar that they put on there or plaster of Paris mm. to help slide the stones in place. But of mm. course, anything Egyptologists say is probably wrong. <laughs> so, uh, so that's incorrect. But the title of my first book is Lost Technologies of the Great Pyramid. Yep. And that is one of the lost technologies. Yes, it's yeah. not fully understood how that uh, bonding agent was made mm. or what it was made out of. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it would probably be a valuable uh, commodity now that would have many uses. Mm. But it's a lost technology. Yeah, it is a lost technology. I mean, look, and that's what we're looking at, isn't it? The lost technologies of not only Egypt, but yeah, you you. You, you follow the rabbit hole through Baalbek and throughout the Middle East and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. There, there seems to be a range of, of lost technology. And, there is. Uh, you know, b- people like to do the uh, the crystal spaceship, I suppose, Steve, you know, and it's like I don't know that that's what we're talking about. I think it's it's a level of – and, again, it's interesting because we, we put it through the lens of our technology, right? So it's a mechanical – lever-based technology and and i'm sure that you know one of the things we see not only in egypt we see it in south america we see it in uh in the middle east that these their ability to use water is is very good right which is why i agree in principle how you're constructing the great pyramid i I agree with that yet more to the point when we talk about the precision carving and the uh, precision placement and and these manner of things. I mean, you know, the, the mortar, you know, and, and that's what they do say. They say it's the mortar. I mean, that's the most basic, isn't it? I mean, that's the glue that's holding the bricks together. It you is. Know, uh, that's just the start. That's and right. You know, yeah. ancient geniuses could could do uh, make that exceptional mortar mm. or bonding agent. So there's a whole bunch of other things they were able to do. Mm that uh, was involved with this uh, wonderful piece of infrastructure we call the Great Pyramid. Mm. And look, before we, um, before we leave the Great Pyramid alone, you talked about, I mean, so obviously we're going to get into the Orion correlation, right? Because I've got, I've got plenty of questions about that and where you sort of, how you landed and how you came up with that one as well. However, you sort of said that the, the other, like, because obviously there's, you know, it's not just the Great Pyramid. Every time we see that picture, it's the three. Uh, you sort of said the other ones were built as a cargo cult. So do you think that that was in an interview I was looking at watching you last night? Mm-hmm. So there's no function to the other two pyramids, right? 
because we don't well, we don't hear about that. This is the, the, the there's a couple of questions inside that one. So number one, we don't hear about the shafts or the chambers or anything else like that of the other two large pyramids very much. It's not as well documented as the Great Pyramid, and if the Great Pyramid was a water pump, that's a hell of a monument to a water pump. You know what I mean? Like I think that's that's a well, yeah. Uh, the focus of my research is uh, the Great Pyramid. So, yeah. uh, you know, my research isn't about every pyramid being a water pump. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's pyramids out there that aren't water pumps. But mm-hmm. what my research is about is the Great Pyramid being a water pump. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's, that's what my research is about primarily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, the other pyramids are not the focus of my research as such. They certainly are there. Mm. And people have interpreted that direct physical evidence in many different ways. <clears throat> so before we move on, so you spent a lot of time looking at the Great Pyramid. In your opinion, because I mean, as you say, everyone interprets the information differently. We don't have, well, obviously there was a, you know, there was a marking found in one of the chambers that could be pretty well questioned that the person who found it is the one who put the marking there. A, who built it, B, when, and obviously why you're saying a water pump, but when you say water pump, what was the service that it gave to the Nile Valley? Well, uh, who built the Great Pyramid is actually beyond the scope of my research. My mm. research is about how it was built mm. and why. Mm. You, can, you can wonder about who built it. And I know researchers that have spent 30 years of their lives you know, on that subject. Who built it? Who built it? Mm. But, but I haven't. And let's say we found out uh, who built the great pyramid that it was a guy named bob okay yeah let's just say yeah. way back when there was this guy named bob and he's the guy who funded it built the great pyramid mm-hmm. the very next question is well how did he do it yeah and why did he do it so yeah. so i haven't i haven't worried about uh the about who built it that's mm-hmm. that's not not my focus also when it was built you know we've heard everything from four thousand five hundred years ago to over a hundred thousand years ago. Yeah, that's so right. there's all yeah. these all these people. Oh, well, yeah, was this before the last ice age or mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. after the biblical flood, you know, that Noah built it and all yeah, of that yeah. stuff and on yeah. and on. But let's say this, let's say we found out for sure it was an absolute fact that it was built 10,000 years ago mm-hmm. from today. Mm-hmm. That's how old it is. Mm-hmm. What's the very next thing you're gonna do? Why? You're gonna say, How is it built? Yeah. And why would they do such a thing? Mm-hmm. So that's those are the two things I focus on. Mm-hmm. But how did it help uh, the uh, uh, people in the Valley of the Nile? That's that's a great question. That's the return on investment is what you're asking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big, big cost yeah. to build the Great Pyramid. Trust mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Big, big cost, you know, mm-hmm. expensive mm-hmm. in time and effort, resources, yeah, time, effort, know. labor. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. the return on investment has to be bigger than uh, the cost, than, yes. than the investment. Yes. If it isn't, then you didn't do good. No, that's wrong. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's true for everything. That's true for a pencil. That's true for when you eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to have a return on investment. Mm-hmm. You know, if it mm-hmm. takes $70 million to buy your breakfast, that's not a very good return because all it's going to do is get you to get you to lunch. That's right. That's you right. know, yes, no, not no, a very good return on investment. No, no, so, no. Uh, 
what what the Great Pyramid did was is the people that built it they got to eat every day. That, yeah. that's pretty good because mm. irrigated crops, mm. and they got to have their uh, scientific experiments and generate energy there at the mm. Giza Plateau, which is a form of a science center. Then it is a uh, graveyard, if you will. Originally. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So uh, it provided prosperity, just like the uh, power grid. You know mm. where you live. The, the sewer system. You know mm. what's that for? Why did they mm. spend money on that? Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, believe it or not, it provides prosperity. The the power oh. system provides prosperity. The road system provides prosperity, and, and uh, all of that costs a lot of money to make a road, but all the commerce that occurs mm. uh, makes it well worth it. That's why they do it. So, uh, so you think it was? You think it was more of a irrigation? Do you think there was some sort of, I don't know, physeoelectric or hydroelectric nature to it as well? Was it providing energy? Was it just providing water? Or I think where... I think that it was a uh, water pump that probably powered various types of machinery, including mm-hmm. hydraulic air compressors, uh, like a tromp, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's where there's no really moving any parts, just the moving water. Yeah, just the moving water. Compressed yeah. air. Yep. And then it uh, use that compressed air. You can certainly uh, power machinery with compressed air. You mm. can make high voltage static electricity. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. use a vortex tube to make both very high temperature and a very low temperature. Yes, that's true. You know, if you lived yeah. in ancient Egypt, you can have freezing because mm-hmm. you're the Great Pyramid ultimately makes compressed air. Mm-hmm. And you can use your vortex tube to... Uh, you know, extremely uh, low temperatures have been used to uh, temper metal, yep. uh, used for medical purposes, yep. and a yep. whole host of other things. So, yeah, they they're, all that really remains is that big pile of rock called the Great Pyramid. Mm-hmm. But uh, that culture was a high culture that could make a strong bonding agent and a whole host of other things. So, mm-hmm. uh so that's that's what the Great Pyramid did, and uh, you know that's what hydroelectric dams do, and that's yeah. what uh, what uh, all of this stuff does. The mm-hmm. uh, Panama Canal—it's all infrastructure mm-hmm. that has a huge return on investment, and that's what the Great Pyramid uh, did. And the builders were wise uh, people that made a wise investment when they mm-hmm. when they made the Great Pyramid, not just a hide a mummy or a pharaoh's treasure for yeah. just to steal so oh look so. It, look uh, yeah there, there's <laughs> there's definitely some stuff we agree upon and uh you know the whole lot yeah yeah we built a big giant triangle to for for some gold to hide some gold in there no no we didn't no we didn't do that you know what i mean there's got to be some the, the the standard it's a ritual you know oh what what's that built for oh, i was ritual religious purposes well mm-hmm. you're yeah, not gonna say. yeah you're not gonna do that like that just makes no sense you know whereas look the, you know i've never been to egypt myself you know i think uh the the latest situation that we're still dealing with ongoing put paid to some of the, the travel plans that i had over the last couple of years or the last two or three mm-hmm. years however I, you do hear that you know when people are inside the chambers and inside the great pyramid one of the things they say is that it doesn't feel like that humans should be in there it does sort of feel like some sort of machine or, or, you know, that has another purpose as opposed to, I think anyone with a, 
anyone with a basic understanding knows that the Great Pyramid was not a tomb, never was a tomb, was was never going to be a tomb. You know, it was it was some sort of yeah. Look, as I say, I'm I'm open to it being a water pump. I'm open to it being some sort of energy generation. You know, I think there's somewhere in there energy generator water pump somewhere in there is is where i think the answer is i think that's where it lies mm-hmm. um, well i know i know if you pay money to go to college they're going to teach you that the great pyramid was a tomb yes i know so <laughs> but who knows how long that will last you know it takes it takes time but uh, yeah it's uh it's not uh, you know it's uh, any any a- explanation for why it was built mm-hmm. if the explanation isn't isn't big then it's the probably the explanation is wrong that's true and as far as i've as far as i've encountered the largest and biggest explanation for the purpose of the great pyramid is water pump Mm. i haven't heard of anything that's even half that big you know they didn't build it to tell us that they knew pi you know they didn't tell us that what do you they think of it? So, they didn't do anything symbolic or anything like that. No. Well, I mean, and it sort of depends on your, you know, if you listen, you know, the the translations from Herodotus, there's all these writings that the Great Pyramid, well, the three pyramids themselves, with the casing stones fully in place, had a range of hieroglyphs on the casing stones. Uh, it, it entirely depends on which interpretation you look at. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, yeah, because they seem to be a set of three, right? Obviously, you're focusing on the on the Great Pyramid. I wouldn't say it's a set of three. I think that's okay. a very arbitrary determination. There's yeah. nine pyramids on the on the Giza Plateau. Yeah, the larger ones. You can ones, come yeah. up with a theory and then just just come up with a random grouping of pyramids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's two big ones and one that's not not quite hardly a third as big, and then mm. much smaller ones. So yeah, yeah, the you can group them any way you want to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can. What was I was, I said, yeah, it's interesting, right? It's it's fascinating. Uh, I mean, if there were sto- if there were four stars up at the uh, in Orion instead of three, <laughs> they would have said, "Oh, well, one one pyramid is gone now, but it used to be there." Right, but I so, think okay, all right. So yeah, I was trying to think about any if I had any other questions about the Great Pyramid before we moved on from that. Uh, it helped people. It helped people. Way. Yeah. Oh, look, I, it had to have done. There's, there's only a reason that, that that's the only reason it's there. It would have done something for, for people. The, oh, the, the question I had about your, obviously you did your animations and stuff a little while ago, right? Have you, I mean, one, the first question I had is, have you improved those animations to, with more detail, which they don't really need. But secondly, have you had, what's the pushback you've had about using the water and the locks and, and the ponds and stuff to build the Great Pyramid. Have you had any pushback or understanding, or has there any been any back and forth about you know? Well, I appreciate your comments about the production values mm. of the videos. You know, we built, we uh, created those things in house, mm. and uh, did uh, the best in terms of production values mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that we could, and mm-hmm. we made it, uh, although not television documentary quality they certainly seem to be clear to convey ideas absolutely and, as i uh, say we you know, we watched them last night and it's like yeah, yeah look it's basic but we get we get what you're talking about for you sure. know it's so i think what you're talking about is a uh, a funding issue yeah more more than anything else you know for sure. we, uh, 
if, if we had more funding, we would have made the uh, videos uh, with higher resolution or mm. whatever. So, Time and resource is always the issue, isn't it, Steve? Uh, it is, but uh, but they're out there. And also, uh, the the other question you asked about pushback. Well, Egyptology has a wall of silence that uh, they don't even they don't even acknowledge uh, this idea. Their their idea is the big ramp theory with the workers with the strong back muscles. But Egyptology has never moved a seventy ton payload one inch. Mm. or lifted a 70 ton payload one inch so uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they have the idea of the uh stone cutting the precision stone cutting with hammers and chisels you know boop, 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 boop. yeah yeah bend bend bowls or whatever the other that well, guess what yeah. they've never demonstrated it mm-hmm. you know it's like the idea of the cow jumping over the moon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh you know never been demonstrated a lot of people don't believe in that. So, uh, <laughs> so Egyptology is kind of in crisis because of its research methods seem to be rather flawed. They, mm-hmm. they come up with a story or a hypothesis and there you are. That's it. You know, no, no proof is needed. No demonstration. Don't mm-hmm. have to use the scientific method. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, you know, a lot of people don't believe Egyptology anymore. No. So, uh, so that's a wall of silence, but other people, if you talk to truck drivers or uh, people, uh, stonemasons or people that uh, work in shipyards, mm-hmm. they they see those uh, animations and they say, wow, that's compelling. Yeah. And that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just the different different backgrounds have different responses. Well, they, like, like I said, my my most of my career was in logistics, moving heavy things. So when you put it like that, I'm like, yeah, okay, yep, all right, I can I can see. Look, the big question that me and my friend had was, where did you get the water from? And if you're saying there was a lake above the pyramid site, or there was a spring somewhere near the pyramid site, then that makes sense because you I mean you've obviously got to supply the, the the balance of pressure and water to the different uh, areas. Other, other researchers besides myself feel there's a profound link between water and the great pyramid yeah absolutely includes, yeah includes christopher dunn and yep. a few others so yep. so yeah there's a consensus about among alternative researchers i guess yeah. uh and i say that alternative in a very positive way as opposed yes. to egyptology mm. uh think that uh, water was delivered to the giza plateau so yeah yeah, look, and, and as I say, that's I don't uh, I, I I do agree with that, and I have seen that before, which is why I wanted to explain explore it with you. I do yeah, think I discuss that a lot in my in my books. You know, this yep, is my the, second book, the Prosperity so, Machine. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, And with the look, I think old school Egyptology, yes, I think is a is an interesting occupation, right, where people are justifying their existence through uh, things that they may or may not have any idea what they're talking about however it's that's been the story for so long that it you know zahi zahi was you know we all know zahi uh anyone that's in the in the research game knows who zahi was is and the potential uh look he's hiding stuff like it, it's so it's so obvious that he's hiding discoveries and he's hiding variations but i do think so i, I did talk to uh, one of the tour guides and, a, and an egyptologist last year Oh, no, it was last year, year before, uh, Muhammad, and he's very open-minded. He's exploring some of these alternate technologies. He's exploring some of these alternate ideas. So I think with the you know the popularity of guys like yourself and Chris Dunn and 
and this research that is it is continuing to expand and grow and you know with people being open-minded about what idea is worth looking at i think we are going to get closer to a deeper well we'll never really know because i think what we're looking at is it like you say a lot it is a lost technology that potentially has nothing to do with the mechanical world that we have built now uh, in some ways so we may never ever know but i think being open-minded having internet having being able to do these things does help us move the ball forward for sure well the original builders knew how the great pyramid was built and it was common knowledge so Mm. it's something that is knowable yes but you can use certainly there's been some poor research methods used associated with the great pyramid but you can you can use some valid research methods which the purpose of them is to actually find out stuff that's Mm. true Mm. and uh, a lot of things that research valid research can do is eliminate what is not true Yes. So uh, that, you know, and that is a way to chip at the truth, if you will, to mm. cut away what isn't true. And some of the things that aren't true is the big ramp theory that can't be demonstrated. Another oh, thing. Look, the, the, the ramp that, theory is interesting, Steve, because it's yeah. like the ramp itself would have yeah. to be bigger than the pyramid yeah. itself. It is. And the construction of the ramp in order to roll a 70 ton block up the ramp, yeah. like it's. Yeah. Anyone with half a logistical mind goes, there's no way. Like the ramp would have gone on for kilometers, basically. Like Yes, it would have. And it can't be done anyway. No. Just like the making a casing stone, just a simple component can't be done in the manner that Egyptologists say it was done. So Mm. that's that's one of the values of using valid research methods instead of just making up a story or whatever. So there's a lot of things we do know associated with the Great Pyramid. And uh, <laughs> a lot of those focus on the, the uh, inaccuracies of Egyptology. Egyptology is actually the biggest hindrance to understanding ancient Egypt. Oh, look, I wouldn't disagree with you there because if you, it doesn't, you know, there's so many, I think for a lot of us, Steve, you know, there's, there's I've got a book, it's either in this bookcase or it's in the one over there. It's the first book. I remember buying it with my own pocket money as a young, as a young boy was on the Great Pyramid because it's like, wow, look at what is this? You know what I mean? Like that's where it all starts for all of us, I think. And then it sort of opens up and, you know, depending how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go. And it doesn't take much common sense or critical thinking to start to pull apart the stories that we're told. Yeah, you talk about commonplace stuff. They had a, um, they had a, they, they bought a, a heap of Egyptian stuff to one of the museums here in uh, in queensland and i, I took my wife down there because we, we're both very fascinated with the egyptian stuff and and you know you look at like the combs that they used to use to brush their hair and you know these basic these, and these things this wouldn't have been oh they only made one of these no this was something that they could make mm-hmm. on a consistent basis there would be a manufacturing technique that makes these basic precision day-to-day implements i mean obviously we have plenty of those today however that society back then had those as well you know like that and like you said the mortar would have been commonplace they didn't cut you know whatever it is eight hundred thousand casing stones using a new technique they knew how to do it they could do it quickly they could do it efficiently yes Mm -hmm. how what when where is a good question 
I mean, there's the there's the there's the lathe. You know, they talk about the lathe in the in ancient Egypt, which is the basis of all other technology. It's okay. So, what does that look like? What was that? We don't know. You know, that's the reality of the situation. Is we don't know. However, the hubris, I think, you know, you talk about Egyptology being a hindrance. It's it's a hubris. I think it's like okay, we know, we know because we know. Well, no, we don't, and it doesn't take much critical thinking to go, hang on a minute, there's some holes in the story that you guys are trying to tell us. Um, I think so. Which, look, which leads us on to our, what, what, what drew me to contact you in the first place, right? Your, the amount of memes that you put out on Facebook about your Orion correlation theory or the lack of correlation, as you put it, is, uh, is fascinating because I suppose for me, like I said, but, you know, before we turn the mics on, I, I, a fellow researcher like yourself, you know, I'm, I'm thousands of hours into the rabbit hole as well. You know, one of the indigenous, you know, obviously we're talking about the Orion correlation and the fact that it's been said that the great pyramids or the three pyramids on the plateau uh, match the, the stars of Orion's belt. Okay. Now, before you get into why you think that's not true, you know, and I think you sort of touched on it before, there could be a fourth pyramid there. And then they just said, no, well, that one doesn't exist. Right. There is, are you, so obviously the, one of the key indigenous stories, and when I say indigenous, I mean probably a global indigenous story, the creation story, right? I mean, it's the creation story down here for the indigenous people down here. It's the creation story for many indigenous cultures around the world, where it's basically that the three brothers of Orion chased the seven sisters of the Pallades across the stars uh, to here, um, and this is where we settled right basically in in some way manner shape form that's what happened um, i mean the pleiades is something that's honored very much by the indigenous australians down here and there's an echo across multiple cultures of the orion constellation and the palladian constellation and many people have made many different theories about why that is and how what when who what when where why so obviously the orion correlation with the three pyramids yes but there's been a lot of interesting, very interesting work and compelling work for that matter. You know, the Nile Valley and the, the pyramid complex and all the other temples and stuff that go along that, that it is actually a mirror of the Milky Way. And there's more than one correlation as opposed to just the Orion correlation. Are you discounting all of that? I mean, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about is the placement of the Great Pyramid, the fact that it's, you know, pretty much perfectly due north. You know, was that due if we're talking about the water pump configuration, is that anything to do with that? Or was it luck or, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much about the location of the pyramid and then the other two, maybe whether they're there or not for any reason, but the astronomical correlations, the Orion understanding, not only in Egypt, but across other cultures is, you know, there's, there's a lot there to try and talk about and unpack. Wow. Well, you've asked about 40 questions, so uh, <laughs> I'll see if I can get through them all. Yeah. Uh, you said you mentioned the word compelling. Well, mm. having something being viewed as being compelling is a very poor research method. Yeah. Ask an Egyptologist, is the ramp idea compelling? What do you think he's going to say? Ask an Egyptologist. Oh, yeah. Can, can they make precision stone cutting using hand tools? He'll say, of course, that's compelling. Mm. Uh, the Great Pyramid used to be uh, associated with another correlation theory, the co all those precise correlations. 
mm. between the Great Pyramid and the Bible. You know, mm. like the Great Pyramid confirmed the birthplace of Jesus, and the Great Pyramid confirms Bible prophecy through all of these correlations. Mm. As somebody who believes that, and uh, he'll say, well, of course it's true. You know why? It's compelling. Mm. So uh, being, being considered compelling uh, is a very, very poor research method. Mm-hmm. Go to Nazi Germany in the 1930s and ask them if Hitler's right. It's compelling. That's compelling. So, so, uh, so you, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, I'll take that. So that, that correlation theory with the Bible of all those correlations and a whole bunch of thick books have been written, mm-hmm. uh, has pretty much been, um, rejected because, of uh, of the foundation of poor research methods that were used to conjure up these correlations. Mm. But now uh, there's a different correlation theory, a competing correlation theory Mm -hmm. about stars and what something points to and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But that new correlation theory uses the same flawed research methods that the uh, Bible correlation theory made so most but most of my complaints are of the orion correlation theory is uh based on its foundation of flawed research methods and what are those methods what we're okay that's a good question let's start from the stargate compare conspiracy that's a book that was written the stargate conspiracy here's a quote however some of baval's assumptions are open to question for example he presents a very circular argument that uses the stellar alignments of the shafts to prove the date of the great pyramid yeah but also relies on this date to prove that the shafts have stellar alignments classic circular reasoning okay yeah okay yep so you know so it's a it's a logical fallacy yeah it just goes around around itself it doesn't actually yeah it doesn't prove anything Mm. so you say well the the vents because every 72 years the sky moves one degree yep. because of the precession of the equinox. Okay. Yep, absolutely. So they say, well, the vents used to point to uh, Orion. Well, then what is your research method? What the that because the stars, because the vents used to point to those stars, then that's what makes it significant. Mm. They say, yeah, don't you think? Mm. Mm. What about you? Do you think because they used to point to those stars? Well, that's I mean, what could, makes it they, significant. They could point to any star. This is the whole That's point. right. They yeah. point to thousands of stars through the procession of the equinoxes. Yeah. The grand procession is a better term. Mm-hmm. So no. So that's circular reasoning. Mm-hmm. And then they also come up with um, all of these correlations that don't have causation. Robert Bavall wrote these, you know, several books about these correlations. Doesn't talk about causation. So uh that is uh wouldn't, wouldn't the causation and just to you know to wouldn't the causation be like i said the, the, a lot of the core creation stories for a lot of indigenous cultures was the three brothers of orion chased the seven sisters of the pallades across the stars so i imagine that i'll ask would... you this what feature specific to the great pyramid indicates that the original builders intended any relationship between the great pyramid and orion well, nothing because no one knows. Nothing. Yeah. There's no. There's no yeah. correlation. But there's. But, but, saw, but at the same time, there's no correlation to it being a water pump either. 
You know, what there I mean? is interpretation of certainly interpretation of evidence mm -hmm. such as mud in the passages was discovered by uh, Flanders Petrie. Yep. That indicates that there's a water association. Mm -hmm. There is uh, the evidence of being uh, watertight, mm -hmm. and that probably, uh, you know, has a relationship with water and that mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, are they, you know, you can interpret anything you want to get anything you want, like That's Bible correlations, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and that type of thing. But those correlations now, the, the those correlations have been rejected. Mm. But they, the Orion correlation also thinks math validates a correlation. Does math validate a correlation? Well, you can make numbers. You can turn anything into any number you like. You know what I mean? If we you, I, only I, if you use poor research methods. Mm. The Beatles they had four four members. Mm. Great Pyramid has four sides. That's a mathematically precise correlation. But well, there's no causation. There's no causation between the two. Well, great the original builders of the Great Pyramid didn't mm. make their pyramid four-sided to mm. match up with the Beatles, mm. even though that correlation is mathematically precise. Mm. But isn't isn't technically the Great Pyramid eight-sided, depending on where you're looking at right. it? Right. Each Beatle was both an actor and a musician. <laughs> That's profound. No, you just, you just, made, just joined it. That's it's it, compelling. Problem. Problem Look solved. at that. It's compelling when you use poor research methods. Mm. But you've probably also heard of the fifth beetle. Well, the Great Pyramid had a base, which was the fifth side. Shazam! <laughs> we can make this stuff up all day long. 100 well, years can. ago, they made it up with the Bible. Yeah, they just yeah. made it all up with the pyramid inch and everything else. Yeah. You know, that's a cautionary tale for not believing these other correlations. Mm -hmm. Also, mm -hmm. does precision validate a correlation no not no, necessarily it does no. not no all hydroelectric dams have passages that point to stars precisely did you yeah. know that yeah yeah, yeah. if, if you because yeah, there's if you, all there's stars the, up there that's right and there's passages in the great pyramid so but that yeah. precision doesn't validate any intended correlation mm. well See? there's no there's no way to know is there whether it does or not I mean, oh my god you're saying that they, they built a hydroelectric dam because it, the stars point up there and you can't <laughs> use research methods to figure out that that correlation was not intended mm. by, the, by the builders of these dams in the 1930s? If you can't figure out that that correlation wasn't intended, you need to work on your research methods. Yeah. Now, look, I agree with you. I, and the thing, yeah. What I, what I find, you can know things. Yeah, you can. That's you what can. research does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, word, here's a research method. Put your hand on a hot stove and see if you learn anything. Yeah, see. You yeah, can see, learn see, truth. You can, you can learn through truth. valid research methods, but precision doesn't validate a correlation. Okay. You, isn't that interesting? It what is. What validates a correlation is that there's some sort of a causation, mm -hmm. a third piece of evidence mm -hmm. that indicates the two things are related. And there's yes. no such evidence associated with the Great Pyramid, just made up stuff. The, the, the problem the, the problem with the Great Pyramid is, Steve, is there's, there's no evidence for anything, really. It's just there's a big giant triangle no, in the sand. I, that's you know incorrect. what I mean? That's it. It's a whole, it's six million tons of evidence. That is, no, I understand what you're saying. But, uh, but yeah, people yeah. can make up these stories. Well, there's evidence for cows and there's evidence for the moon. Mm -hmm. But nobody thinks cows jumps over the moon. Mm. 
mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can't demonstrate it. So you can't demonstrate how to make a casing stone the way Egyptologists say. So where, so where do you land then? Okay. All right, fine. Let's leave the Orion correlation alone for a second. Where no, do you, no where I'm do... not done with it. <laughs> they say they say that because something looks like something else, yeah, then there's a relationship. Well, that, but I've that, made a lot of memes on Facebook about correlations yes, yes. that look like something else. I saw a cloud the other day that looked like a puppy dog, and I own a puppy dog. So did my dog evolve to look like that cloud or did the cloud change its shape to look like mm. my dog? Neither one. Yes. Because there's no relationship. Uh, and look, okay. Well, let's, okay. Let's talk about things that look like things, right? Yeah. So was the Sphinx, where do you land on the Sphinx and the Leo constellation? Cause I mean, you, you can't deny, well, that's you can't easy. deny, you can't deny ancient cultures having a fascination with the stars measuring the equinoxes Oh yeah. Uh, understanding the, you know, the houses of modern mankind has yeah. telescopes. That don't mean a hydroelectric dam has anything to do with stars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But well, okay. Ancient, so ancient people were interested in the sky. That yeah. doesn't mean that the great pyramid had anything to do with this, with the sky. Even though it points up, even though, so if you take the eight sided pyramid, right? So let's, let's pretend for a second that the eight sided pyramid is complete. The casing stones are complete. If the pyramid is eight-sided, therefore, when the casing stones are on, then it would be angled, right? So there, there is, you talk about the, the ancient writings of the Great Pyramid. They say it shone, shone like a star, right? Because at certain periods of the day, the sun would refract. Uh, the, and, and you think about, you know, again, using logical research methods, the casing stones are in place. It's an eight-sided refraction technically there was a capstone made of gold or something like that Light that's hits a made-up story yeah absolutely I, I look my research suggests that maybe pyramids didn't have capstones okay? that's good too yeah you know maybe you know what i mean we don't know this is the whole point we, we don't know don't, we don't, don't know, know that we don't know right a lot of things we do know mm. so if it's there to refract light and then shoot light vertically right which is what it would do if you use you know Think about an eight-sided pyramid, bang, and it shoots light. It would have been designed, again, they're doing this thing for a reason. Was it designed to do that to make it look pretty? Or was it designed to do that for some actual logical function as opposed to a, you know, anything else? And that's Could just a question. A periphery of just the materials they used. Mm-hmm. While they were eating food that was made possible because of irrigation, they looked at that and said, yeah, that... That big uh, water pump is pretty looking. <laughs> you know. So what about all the other correlations on the Giza Plateau as far as astronomically? Do there are know? no correlations on the Giza Plateau. The Giza mm. Plateau is direct physical evidence. Correlations are interpretations of evidence, yeah. which are subject to uh, scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can make all the other ones about Jesus's birth and the the is that what you're talking about the correlate the precise correlations about bible prophecy mm-hmm. is, is those the ones you want to talk about or you want to talk about other ones that people have made up so uh i'm, oh, look, I'm already against the next great pyramid correlation without causation theory yeah that yeah. someone's going to make up and that theory is in crisis a lot of people say what validates a great pyramid correlation mm. you know 
that's it. That's that's a question that addresses research methods. What, so what about what, the what, what about validates the, a great pyramid correlation? So what about the location? What about the supposed I, I asked you a direct question about research methods. What validates a great pyramid correlation? Well, at the moment, nothing, right? Nothing. This nothing. is the whole point, okay. right? It's, what invalidates it? it? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing invalidates it. Mm. You know, that's what people. That's what people who believe in great pyramid correlations mm -hmm. can't even talk about research methods. I put mm. all those memes on Facebook, and, and you'd think that it would elicit a conversation. They can't talk about research methods. Oh, I Can think you imagine hilarious. a. Uh, a physicist or a mathematician or a chemist that can't talk about the methods he conducts research. But uh, the people that believe the Orion correlation theory cannot talk about how uh, those correlations are uh, conjured up or what, what makes them valid. You know, it's just bizarre. So it's, it's in crisis. Uh, and, uh, you know, phrenology correlations between the bumps on people's heads yes and their character traits mm. those are correlations but they couldn't withstand the rigors no. of valid scientific uh, scrutiny mm. and that science has gone away you know yes. science has come and go and uh you know for uh the orion correlation theory is going to meet the same fate as phrenology and those people that believe that the Ryan correlation theory are on the wrong side of history. Well, I think you, you, you use the term there that we, we don't subscribe to here, Steve, you use the term believe, right? We don't believe anything here. Good. It's, it's not about tying yourself to one idea, you know, some people do. Oh yeah. People they well, well, the people, Ryan correlation theory. They're yes. the ones that's, that's on the wrong side of history. Well, I think you, you can see, Look, as, as you said earlier, I think the, the Giza Plateau and a lot of these temples and stuff, that was a place of, it was a place of science, for want of a better description. It was a place of education. It was a place of understanding. So when you look at some of these temples and, you know, you can actually see that, you know, they, they were at their observatories, right? They were, they, they were observing the stars. They were observing the procession. They were observing these things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, as I say, correlation doesn't equal causation. And I'm not disagreeing with you there, right? Uh, you've got a thousand different <laughs> memes on Facebook telling us about that. However, like, I mean, again, you didn't, so where do you stand on Leo versus the Sphinx? You know what I mean? Like, is that? Is, oh, that's great. Yeah. The Sphinx is right near the Great Pyramid. I've mm -hmm. been there and I haven't rode on it or anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, its age is under scholarly debate. Some mm -hmm. say it was recarved that it, uh, its head is much smaller than the rest of the body. Yeah. So people think it may have been recarved mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a big sculpture that's sitting there and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, uh, beautiful. So you don't think, so you don't, so, I mean, obviously we've got plenty of, uh, megalithic temples that line up to the equinoxes, right? That's undeniable. They've been built on a winter solstice. The sun hits the post. You know what I mean? There's there's so many things. There's obviously You're comparing there's... apples with oranges. Mm -hmm. We have big uh, observatories here in the United States, and we have big hydroelectric dams. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean the hydroelectric dam is, is an observatory. The stars. Okay. So you know, if you want, if you want to, you know, shuck and jive with kind of different different ideas, you know, and uh, do a kind of a bait and switch between temples and the Great Pyramid. Mm -hmm. 
then that's that may not be the best research method to use. So if you uh, want to understand the Great Pyramid, it's okay to actually consider the Great Pyramid Mm -hmm. as opposed to temples that may have been built uh, 10,000 years after the Great Pyramid by a different civilization. Okay, so then let's stay on the Great Pyramid. What about the location, right? So, you know, theoretically, again, correlation, causation, I understand that. But in order to put the Great Pyramid, it's like geographically centered on the landmass. There's actually something that's very specific. And what about the mathematics that's found within the Great Pyramid? Is that just luck or is that what are we looking at there? Well, they tried to put the Great Pyramid on the equator, but got it wrong. How's that sound? I mean, they tried to have the the corners of the Great Pyramid, you know, point to the cardinal directions, but they got it wrong. Only just. They didn't get it wrong very much. <laughs> well, the, the sides point to the cardinal directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As opposed yeah. to the to corners. The points, as opposed to the but, points. But uh, let's, let's talk about this. Maybe its orientation didn't matter at all. Mm. Maybe the original builder, it's not about orientation. It's a water pump. It doesn't matter. Well, how should we build it? Well, let's build it square to the world. I I have a house. I live in a subdivision. Its orientation is not symbolic at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. They just built it square with the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if the orientation of the Great Pyramid wasn't built, would you like have it cockeyed or would you just have it square to the world? Mm Mm-hmm. Does it look? It my house is 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 in alignment with my neighbor's house. Yeah. No 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 symbolism involved. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean anything. So no, you, it doesn't mean anything. So uh, no. there there's uh, and the Great Pyramid's location is is uh, certainly fit the wants, needs, and desires of the original builders, but it's mm-hmm. built on solid bedrock, which is really really a good idea for a 45 story skyscraper you know and uh so it's an excellent place to build a build an industrial park so so you're you're against the orion correlation but you're not against the fact that ancient cultures study the stars you think one did one of these things one of these things is not like the other one of these things yeah modern people and ancient people study the stars Mm. that don't mean everything that they do is uh, has to do with stars Mm-hmm. I know that uh, in the 1930s here in the United States, there were religious people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of them carried a Bible and whatever. Also, even some of those people built the Hoover Dam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is the Hoover Dam a religious structure? No. No. Unless you worship capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so you, you know, you shuck and jive with these things and do a bait and switch and think everything is related. Mm-hmm. But uh, real research do- doesn't work quite that way. You know, you have to have like causation, correlation. You have mm-hmm. to have justify things instead of just make things up and think precision validates a correlation or mm-hmm. math validates a correlation. Trained researchers study two things. They study the subject they're researching, but they also study research methods and how to do it. They they put a lot of emphasis to guard against making conclusions that, that aren't valid or comparing things that, that have no relationship. So okay, I, that's yeah. the type of research that people need to do when they study the Great Pyramid mm-hmm. is if you want to know about the Great Pyramid, don't study the Great Pyramid or anything until you study research methods. Mm-hmm. And that will help you guard against believing precise 
Bible correlations and precise Orion correlation theory correlations. Just out of curiosity, because I, I, which version of the Bible, and, and look, and this is this is the whole point, isn't it, Steve? Which version of the Bible has the pyramid stuff? Which which one is it? None of them. It's all interpretation of of uh, the Bible, comparing the Bible and the Great Pyramid. Word mm. search, Bible, Great Pyramid, mm. and you'll get thousands of pages and charts. You know, you can't beat a chart, and they talk about all these correlations. Yeah. It's good to understand this, even though it's false, to be to be a cautionary tale to teach you what not to not to be duped by. Mm. in modern times so uh yeah it uh, precision doesn't validate a correlation math doesn't validate a correlation something looking like something else doesn't validate a correlation mm. my brother looks like Mao Zedong okay he's kind of kind of fat and kind of balding you know no correlation between the two no they yeah kind, they're not, they're not related like, yeah, yeah yeah uh the uh what the uh, leader of China looks like winnie the pooh okay a little bit yeah yeah well there you go mm. you know just so because we, something looks we, like something else it does it it's meaningless it's poor research cool. it's detrimental mm. to uh get hooked up into all of these falsehoods but i mean when we like talk about when we talk about poor research or detrimental research petrie's not exactly known as the best researcher either you know what i mean there's a lot of holes Landers Petrie. yeah 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 there's a lot of holes isn't isn't he the guy that put the mark in the great pyramid you know what i mean and well they, and they uh back back in the day they would get a screw you know if they wanted to measure they would pound a screwdriver into the great pyramid hmm. and and use that to hold one end of a measuring tape hmm. also they would use black powder to dynamite holes to where that where they want to restudy or explore hmm. for treasure so hmm. Yeah, they used a number of uh, very invasive techniques, mm. but that was the, the nature of the thing. You know, like when you're looking for gold, you know, anything's anything's uh, up for grabs. I mean, and this is the, I suppose what I'm getting at is it's like you can question, I'm with you, correlation, causation, one of the, you know, just because it looks like it doesn't mean that it is, right? Like I said, we don't, we don't subscribe or believe any theory here. We're open to all perspectives. However, in saying that, if you're questioning one research method, surely you've got to question them all. And well, it, you certainly question them all, but being able to conduct research, you can determine which ones are valid and which, which research methods aren't. Hmm. Let's, let's start right here, you and me. Let's start. What is the research method used to invalidate a correlation? Oh, experimentation, making sure you actually so you can actually make it happen, you know, and see whether it does or doesn't work. Well, if a point if something points to something, that's a correlation. Yeah, but everything points to everything. It does. Mm. That that's a good point. Mm. So all this all of this stuff gets real muddled and real murky mm. about what's what, and uh, you know, just like the bumps on people's heads and their character traits and all all of that other stuff, mm. and mm. Uh, it has a uh, shelf life. These correlation theories they can become popular. But ultimately, they are generally questioned based on their research methods mm. and, um, you know, are rejected. So and there what, are about, what about, so we talk about there's other sets of three pyramids that are found in South America. I think there's some found in China that look very similar to the three pyramids. Probably not water pumps. Is that what you want to know? 
They're not water pumps. Those ones. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So, so what about so the Great Pyramid was built as a water pump. There's a pyramid culture that exists all over the globe, right? Is that a cargo cult? Is uh, that well, I would I wouldn't say there's a pyramid culture built uh, all around the world. There are people all around the world that want to build tall buildings, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't have I beams and steel girders. Mm-hmm. So if you want to build a tall building, and all you have is masonry. You're going to figure out, well, the bottom has to be thick and big and the top small. But that doesn't mean that there is a culture that is, um, you know, all around the world, uh, Mm. the same culture that's involved. Certainly Mm. other pyramids are much different than the Great Pyramid. Many in South America are made of rubble and certainly have different uh, features that make them much more different than the same as the great pyramid so but as far yeah, as just, water's concerned in south america you've got pyramids in south america that had i don't know spas for want of a bit of it just you know jacuzzis or whatever it is they had water on top of them right so they had some ability to pump the water to the top so there, you know there's some of those step pyramids had some sort of water pump mechanism within them at some point certainly additional research needs to be conducted but the focus of my research is the great pyramid water yeah. pump i suppose you'd Again, we're drawing correlations, which I know you love, don't you? Right. So that that would be drawing a correlation between different cultures that built pyramids, whether they be stepped or not stepped, or because I mean the the it, the thing about the Great Pyramid and the two other pyramids that sit next to it is that they are unique on a global level. There's nothing else like them. Well, they're they're actually unique to each other. So mm. you know it's up for grabs if you think they were even built by the same civilization or in the same uh, millennium. In Mm. fact, there's no feature specific to the Great Pyramid, which indicates that it has any relationship to the pyramid right next to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, uh, so we talk about, you know, the capstone or lack of a capstone or was there even a capstone? You don't think you you agree with maybe there wasn't a capstone? Well, a person can analyze the direct physical evidence and, and then no uh, make yeah. yeah make an interpretation so there may have there's several possibilities there may have never been one mm-hmm. and there may have been one and it's not there now yeah but yeah. either one we don't know yeah so as far you as know, the capstone is not that significant to me no, no, people get people get excited about it. You know, there was a gold capstone with a big diamond in it or something like that. Like it doesn't really, either it was there or it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. So where do you land on some of these other theories where we talk about the, the younger driest boundary, we talk about the cataclysm, the, the previous cultures, these sorts of things? Because, I mean, they would, they, there was obviously a previous advanced culture, right? Whether they use water or whatever tools they use to build the Great Pyramid, if we just focus on the Great Pyramid itself, let's not think about the 80, 80 meter high statues that are precision made, all the other stuff that's in Egypt, right? That was obviously made very simply, very easily whenever it was made back in the day, okay? Just the Great Pyramid itself. The culture that built that, you know, today in 2022, A, we would struggle to build it to that level of precision now. And B, we wouldn't, what reason would we need? You know, like you say, return on investment. Where do you land with some of these other theories? Where are you in the the alternative archaeological space? 
there's other theories, you know, about uh, distant uh, cultures in antiquity that uh, may have existed. I am a catastrophist. I think that history has been punctuated by a number of catastrophes. Absolutely. Be it a meteor strike or political strife, war or disease, uh, certainly flood mm-hmm. and uh, climate change or whatever. So, uh, but, uh, you know, they, you know, that's like who and when associated with the Great Pyramid. And that's not my focus. But you also mentioned about now using modern uh, materials Mm. uh, and modern, excuse me, modern construction techniques, we could uh, build the Great Pyramid. There's no component that we couldn't replicate, you Mm. know, then uh, and move now using modern machines. You know, you rub your hand across a granite countertop and it shows we have the ability to do large scale uh, precision stone cutting but uh so it, we could make one today and uh let's say we could make one and everyone in australia would have to pay 300 bucks okay mm-hmm. your kids let's say even your pets they all had to pay up 300 bucks but after it was built a year after it was built they got three thousand dollars back yeah be a big motivation to build a great pyramid in uh, in australia mm. Uh, the high, the high Aswan dam had a nickname when it was being built. It was called Nasser's pyramid. Right. And that, that, uh, was, you know, a big monolithic structure, mm. but it, it had a return on investment. So I, I find that very interesting, mm. but if let's say we were going to build a great big pyramid to tell other people that our ancestors came from Orion and everyone in Australia would have to pay $200 to fund the project. Mm probably wouldn't get done. Or if we wanted to tell people 10,000 years from now that we knew pi, because we want to make sure they knew that we knew pi 10,000 years from now, Mm. we could build a pyramid that would symbolically encode that Mm. into, uh, into the great pyramid. But we won't do that because to do that would be stupid. And, and the great pyramid does have math embedded into it and pi and all of that. But so does my lawnmower. My lawnmower has just as much math in it and precision as the Great Pyramid. Well, in order to build it, it must have, doesn't it? You know, this is this is the this is the question. Well, it's got my my lawnmower has math, but it's not like the purpose of the of my lawnmower was, was not to, to tell people that we math. knew math. Mm. The purpose of my lawnmower had a certainly different purpose, just like my bicycle. Mm. You know, it embody it has two wheels. So that symbolizes the the light world and the underworld, see? And the wheels go around, which correspond to the earth going around. So it's kind of there's kind of stellar um, correlations between my bicycle and the uh, all of these symbolic things. It's called the bicycle correlation theory. The, B- the BSC, the BS theory. Yeah. So uh, look, you know, you can I- make this make this stuff up as you go so the the, the bottom line is steve i think all of it i i'm i'm enjoying this right because i i i you know because you look you know we say we don't believe theories but you do have your own personal preferences right you know what i mean and you have your own through your logical mind you've decided that this is maybe what you think it is yeah what i like about the way you're putting things is that you're just just tearing it apart right just because it doesn't make doesn't matter doesn't mean and you're right 
because one of the things that I find here that I have found here doing the podcast, because I'm dedicating time to proper research techniques as best as I can come up with, is that everything's built on a bed of sand. No one knows anything, right? It's all it's all bullshit, mate. Boy, I'm sure, I'm sure glad you're I'm sure glad that your uh, <laughs> your doctor doesn't believe that. Because when, <laughs> if you break your arm and you go to the hospital, he's not going to say, "Well, none of us people know anything." Mm-hmm. They, a lot of people know stuff, stuff mm-hmm. that uh, has been determined, stuff that can be demonstrated, stuff mm-hmm. that can be re- repeated. Mm-hmm. But to say, but to say nobody knows anything is a way to embrace things that are false. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no one really knows the real answer, so I can have my my little correlations that were made up using invalid research methods. I can embrace that little cult, if you will, mm-hmm. and go from there. But uh, that's that's why it's in crisis. You know, people believe phrenology until they didn't, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Pe- people believe that women shouldn't have the right to vote until they didn't believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's easy for us to understand. But it, it took a lot of effort and a lot of struggle for, for that to, uh, to be uh, common knowledge. You know, uh, here in the United States, we struggled with uh, black people being fully human, you mm-hmm. know, but no, no one knows anything. No, one can figure, no, people can figure it out. But uh, research is often a revolution. You have to uh, certainly destroy the falsehoods yes. as much as embrace truth and uh in america we're working on embracing the truth that black people are fully human beings and we Mm. can know that Mm. and you can even know stuff about the great pyramid you can know stuff about cows jumping over the moon Mm. you can conduct research and science that's that's why we have all of our luxuries is because people conducted research you can know how to make a book you know physically produce it and uh and know how they made books in the 16th century. You can't just say, well, nobody knows nothing. Mm. So then we can all embrace falsehood. So I, I have a different opinion about that. I think that uh, research has a value and help us uh, improve our uh, understanding of truth. But again, is it, isn't it the, the research techniques is what has a value? Okay. Yeah, the research talk- techniques do have a value. Mm. Also, when we talk about, uh, I was, I find it fascinating that a lot of leap forward in different how we move a research, how we move research forward very rarely comes from within that community of research. Yes. It mm-hmm. generally comes from outside. It That's come actually, from outside. Yeah. 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 Cause everybody's in their confirmation bias, aren't they? They're in their little fishbowl telling each other. Uh, how it, awesome does, it does come from outside. That's true. Uh, Wagner who figured out continental drift was a uh, meteorologist who mm. studied weather mm. and he came up with this idea continental drift the geologist oh oh no 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 mm. no no you don't you're not a geologist you can't you can't do it you can't figure it out you know it's not continental drift well later you know like 40 years later the geologists come up with plate tectonics mm which is essentially the same thing. Continental drift, yeah. So uh, yeah, it comes, it comes from outside. Uh, Alexander Fleming uh, was a, uh, not, not a, it was more of a botanist, if you will. And he figured out um, penicillin. Mm. 
And uh, the medical community originally uh, rejected penicillin. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, it was figured out by an outsider. And mm. ah, he can't figure out medical stuff. Mm. And uh, ultimately, uh, penicillin was finally accepted by an organization that needed to make a lot of people well, which was the American military, mm -hmm. uh, started to accept penicillin and the sulfur drugs, and it, it made a big difference in the war effort. So yeah, it does, uh, revolutionary ideas always come from the outside. Mm. And uh, so- You think, we'd be, more, you think we'd be more open, the, the fact that that's practically happened every time, you think we'd be more open to nope. different understandings, you know? No, that's not true. Uh, the Piltdown skull was discovered, and uh, the leading anthropologist, oh, embraced it instantly. There it is. We validated it. It's the Piltdown skull. It's right there. It's it's valid. It exists. And look at it. It's the Piltdown skull, even though it had file marks on it. Mm. Well, it took forty years for the science of anthropology to uh, reject the Piltdown skull. And the reason is all those original anthropologists wrote their doctoral thesis on it and never changed their mind. They died off. The next generation of anthropologists, they started out knowing that it was a uh, forgery, mm. and, but ne neither group changed their minds. And that's, that's the way science advances is mm. uh, funeral by funeral. And we're just waiting on a lot more funerals especially in egyptology and <laughs> yeah archaeology and other interpretations so uh that that's the way it is i mean you can't just so how do we change that steve how do we change that because that, oh, you that was yeah you can't change it that's that's the the uh condition of humanity it cannot be changed so mm -hmm. if a new idea comes along you got to wait 40 years before it's accepted because uh the people that already are vested in something else, uh, they have to die off. So uh, mm -hmm. science advances funeral by funeral. So that's sad. That makes me sad. It, it is sad. Mm -hmm. And it's, and, and if you, it's not just build a better mousetrap and they come, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fight every mm -hmm. step of the way. And, but that's, that's the nature of uh, being a researcher. You know, it's, it's a battle. Oh, so, and I, I never realized, uh, I came into this, Steve, with a little bit of rose-colored glasses, mate. I thought, oh, everyone must be open to ideas and everyone must be cool and, you know, we can share ideas and be open-minded. And, yeah, that's not the case. People will defend their ideas uh, vehemently, regardless well, of how yeah. logically illogical they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah uh, I know. They say that in academia, they fight so viciously because the stakes are so small. <laughs> and i mean the, i mean i'm not making this up these are these are regular regular real sayings that yeah, uh yeah. speak a truth about uh how people uh conduct research so it's uh it's too bad but that's the way it is you just have to uh work as hard as you can to overcome a lot of these things mm -hmm. and uh but but i see i see progress i see some some uh, cracks in their armor, you know, about certain things. I see a lot of people, like uh, people past, just past the eighth grade who don't believe a lot of what Egyptologists say and people, you know, questioning ideas they say nowadays that 
the most scientific thing you can do is to question the science. And uh, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the, one of the things I'm doing. And, um, so, you know, start out with a clean slate. Yeah. You know, yeah. how is the Great yeah. Pyramid zero. built? Yeah. yeah. You know, how is the Great Pyramid built? Well, we know that big rocks were moved from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. How, how'd they do that? You know, and that's that's part of understanding the Great Pyramid. I read a book about uh, aircraft carriers. It talked about how they were built, how they were used. Mm. I read a book about skyscrapers, talked about how they were built, how they were used. Mm. But if you talk, read a book about uh, the Orion correlation theory, it's about just what the Great Pyramid was for. They can't even address how it was built. It's, yeah. it, it can't even be addressed because their research methods are what points to what for a symbolic purpose. And they're, they're, it's, they're laid prostrate by the trying to understand the construction process of the Great Pyramid. It's interesting. Yeah, but, and again, but it's not just the Great Pyramid, is it? it it's, it's the other two that are sitting next to it. They, they are just as mysteriously well, built. You know what I mean? Like it's, well, it, yeah. There, there's know. eight next to it. Well, there's no, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm more talking about the, the ones that are a similar construction. Obviously, the step pyramids in front, they're, they're deteriorating. You can see their construction's pretty simple, right? Whereas the blocks of the, you know, the Orion pyramids, I don't yeah, mean yeah. to stir you up. But, yeah. <laughs> Crack me up. Yeah, yeah. But, you, um, know, you know, but those, those pyramids are built with the same little size block uh similar construction technique you know what i mean how they did it no one really knows mate you know but i think your your hypothesis no, and your I, I, no one alive is, knows yeah no one alive knows, someone knows someone the builders knew so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. you know it's knowable you know they knew it but yeah. uh you know it's like saying no one no one really knows how a cow jumped over the moon so mm. you know we, we can't know anything mm. you know we do research and everybody's just as right as everybody else and mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but no research can, can eliminate the negative and accentuate the positive. So that's, uh, well, thank my, God for researchers, uh, for uh, medical researchers, for yeah, researchers yeah. in meta, you know, in a, in a whole bunch of fields. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we wouldn't be sitting here today having this conversation across the planet if they, if there wasn't uh, valid research made, I suppose. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as we, as we're finishing off, mate, uh, is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Is there any other things you're working on? Is there anything you wanted to talk about before we, uh, before we well, knock we off had, for today? Yeah, we had a trip to Egypt planned that we were going to lead a uh, two week tour, but uh, because of COVID that got canceled, mm-hmm. maybe someday uh, in the not too distant future, we can reschedule that and mm-hmm. uh, to find out more about, upcoming events you can go to our website at thepump.org i have two dvd documentaries that are available from ebay mm-hmm. about you know, about the great pyramid how and why it was built and mm-hmm. you there ship internationally on uh, dvds mm-hmm. and my two books and if they have any more questions they can visit the website contact me through email uh, like us on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just I just ask people not to just uh, come up with something in their own head and then debunk it and then think, oh, well, there you go. Well, there's a there's a whole body of research, mm. and uh, you know the burden of responsibility rests on everyone's shoulders to conduct research, which includes uh, reading books 
and I, and I see you are a fond collector of books and yes, reader of yeah. books. Yes. But I know a lot of researchers who are non-book reading researchers. So uh, my books are available, at least in the United States, through interlibrary loan. It's not that I'm trying to sell a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think uh, sell, having books, being an author and having books for sale invalidates my res- anyone's research, then you think um, people like Graham Hancock it, is invalid because he mm. has books. He's an author and sells books. So mm. uh, that's a, a well, poor you've research method. You've got to put your book out there. You've got to put your information yeah. out there. I mean, this is, this, we, is, uh, this, is, this is how I do it. You know, I use this yeah. modern media to explore ideas and, you know, I've, you know, that's, pushed my that's own how about the revolution. The revolution looks like uh, reading books. It's not, you know, busting windows out of stores or anything like that. Mm. And it's about, uh, you know, seeking truth. So I hope people do that. And I hope they've enjoyed our, our little conversation. With I that. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Look, and, and I, I enjoyed it and I appreciate your, how you interpret things i think it's it it, it made me laugh because you're right the thing is is that as i say people tie themselves to ideas they tie themselves to these belief systems that this means this because of this and it's a valid question to ask why it is it's about if it's a valid question to question how they got to that conclusion mm. and uh that if that's all they get out of this interview then uh, they've uh, people have gotten a little touch of wisdom so now, yeah you got to question the question you got to question the question <laughs> good on you steve well thank you very much for your time mate uh and yeah maybe we can sit down again uh, oh, I hope so. and uh, uh keep exploring this topic thank you so much thanks steve cheers just want to go again let's do it yeah. go again all right i know you been here before no surprises settle the score I know the darkness deep inside reckless rage poison pride I know the anger I know the pain Yeah.